Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Reframe.fm. Today's episode is the second part in the series Race Matters, where we explore issues of race, religion, and identity from the perspective of undergraduates. So last week, we were joined by Nusrat, who is a Bengali Muslim who shared her thoughts on having to adapt within a largely Malay Muslim community in NUS Muslim society. So this week, we expand the conversation by exploring the perspective of a Chinese Muslim who many of us may, may, might, might rarely have the opportunity to meet. So, without further ado. Today, we are glad to have with us Siddiq Lim, an SMU undergraduate and an active volunteer of Darul Alkam, youths of Darul Alkam, Yoda. He has his own podcast called Convert Central. As we have introduced earlier, Siddiq Lim is a Chinese Muslim, and I'm sure many of you are excited to hear his perspectives as being a Chinese in a Malay majority Muslim community. So, let us begin this conversation with Siddiq. So, welcome, Siddiq. Hi, Siddiq. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Kevin Siddiq Lim. I'm a student in SMU right now, going to mm-hmm. year two, and uh, I have not declared my major yet, but I'm uh, mm. uh, doing a bachelor's in uh, business administration. Wow, mm. wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so, what, what, what do you do now? Uh, maybe you can give us a run-through of what do you do now, like maybe mm. on your free time, because I heard like yeah. you're a very, very busy person, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. Yes. <laughs> I'm just very blessed with uh, a lot of projects and uh, very good teams that, that managed to drag me along. Uh, within SMU side, of course, uh, we, I'm studying for my uh, bachelor's. But uh, on on my sidelines, I'm also part of the uh, Muslim Society in SMU mm-hmm. as their honorary general secretary. So mm-hmm. right now, within the club itself, we are transition uh, transitioning from uh, physical events to virtual events and looking at classes. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh. yeah. I think uh, uh, other than that. I'm also, uh, since I'm a convert, so I actually like to spend a lot of my time at Darul Akam. Uh, mm. In English, it's called Muslim Converts Association of Singapore. This is like my second home. Um, yeah, just like many Islamic organizations right now, they're also transiting a lot of their classes online. So I'm also looking where I, where we can, you know, salit uh, salit in and, and help out with, with <laughs> their transition. That includes also, you know, uh, like what uh, Brother Haki mentioned, uh, he said that we had a, we have a podcast. So right now we are also trying to integrate our podcast, Convert Central with uh, Darul Akam. Mm. Yeah, so like right now, is it like holiday season for you in SMU or how? Uh, yes, uh, we have our holidays until mid-August as well. I think it's the mm. same as NUS, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Hakim and I are old and <laughs> graduating <laughs> oh, yes, already. Yes. So sometimes we forget the timeline, you know. Yeah, so just to refresh our memory. So yeah, um, like so you mentioned the podcast and also your involvement. So right now, like in since um maybe exam ended in your summer break, uh, is it summer or winter? I forgot. But uh, in the university break, what summer have you been break. up to? <laughs> yeah, specifically during this circuit breaker period. Um, I, I think this circuit breaker was quite special for myself because uh, for SMU, we end our exams right about mid-April. Mm-hmm. So as we, we all know, uh, mid-April is also when Ramadan comes. So just nice, I think I ended my finals two days before uh, the month of fasting. Oh wow. So okay. I spent actually the first month of my uh, holidays, summer holidays, um, 
focusing on my Ramadan, trying to uh, mm. put more, uh, you know, of my acts of worship into practice and stuff. Mm. Uh, actually, uh, our Convert Central, we weren't too active before Ramadan, but mm-hmm. uh, we saw like uh, a huge gap that had to be filled during Ramadan itself because when it comes to, you know, circuit breaker, uh, com- Converts normally uh, associate themselves with their friends uh, when it comes to Ramadan practicing and also breaking their fast, right? Because mm. yeah, their families can't possibly, you know, relate to them as well as their friends can, mm. uh, friends of the same faith. So with Circuit Breaker, they, you know, this privilege has been taken away from converts. Lah. And we, we've, we've been trying very hard to, you know, uh, I mean, not, not give a substitute, but try to just... Uh, you know, complement that space with with some virtual events and 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 our podcast as well. Mm. Yeah, so it sounds like a really enriching Ramadan um for you, and I'm sure the um people whom you've interacted with. I think like me and Hakim can definitely agree. Like this year's Ramadan was definitely unique because yeah. of the circumstances that we are in. But I'm sure you can also um share the same sentiment that you know part of the difficulty also made the Ramadan so much more special, right? Don't you think? Yeah, so I mean, yeah. Uh, normally in Ramadan, I don't spend my time at home uh, because uh, normally I'm either schooling or working. So after mm. work, I will break my fast at the mosque and mm-hmm. with my friends. So, you know, uh, after we break fast at the mosque, then we pray and then we'll break fast at the hawker center. That's oh, the second oh, breaking okay. fast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm normally home at about 10-ish, 11. Then I have to sleep mm. to go to, you know, school. But this year is all different. I have to spend my entire Ramadan at home because of circuit yep. breaker. So it's a new family <laughs> dynamics also. And I have to, practice, yeah. I have to, you know, uh, balance practicing at home with trying to practice, uh, trying to balance the sensitivities of my family. Mm. So sometimes uh, I might not pray aloud when my family can hear me pray because mm. it might disturb them. And, and that was something that I really learned. Like, I, I really appreciated the... Uh, I think it was quite special this lesson that that I learned during Ramadan because I don't think you could have achieved without circuit breaker itself. I would probably be outside, still outside yeah. right now, around you know without <laughs> circuit breaker. Do, do you think it was? Uh, I mean, comparing with what it was before, do you think has it like provide you with any new lessons? I guess, or from your experiences uh, with your family at home versus uh, at uh, when we when you were with your friends. Uh, well, I think the very first uh, lesson is that something that w- was quite subtle but was quite important that I realized every convert is a da'i. Means, mm-hmm. uh, mean, meaning that uh, you know, for, for Muslims, it's, there's something called outreach of uh, religion, right? Yeah. And I think born Muslims have the kind of like the privilege of uh, being at home where you don't have to do any outreach. You can just chill and, and mm. do what you want to do. But for converts, we are, we, we are always at home la, 24-7. Uh, we are kind of like the, the model for what our family look towards as mm. religion. Mm. Uh, you know, whenever we're at home or outside home, then there will be our friends. Uh. So I mm. think that, that has been some challenge for converts this, this month. And personally for myself, uh, I, I learned that, um, you know, how to practice that kind of role and that responsibility mm-hmm. through very subtle means. Uh, and I think that was quite precious to me. Mm. I guess we are, like, for now, we are, we are like, more interested to... So, you have said about uh, your... You, just now you mentioned that uh, previously you always spent a lot of times with your friends and everything like mm-hmm. that, right? So, maybe we are just interested as to... Your friends, those friends are, are they, like... W- from what demographic are they from? I guess if I want to put it bluntly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's important. It's important because, uh, yeah. I, you know, we, we, we relate most to the demographics that are similar to us, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's right. And uh, I, I think uh, I have two main circle of friends. Mm-hmm. So the first mm-hmm. one will be my uni circle of friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, centric around the uh, Muslims in SMU lah. Mm. And uh, second will be Darul Akam, uh, the, the the my group of friends in in the Muslims Converts Association. Mm. Most of them are quite special because we are all from different races. So they are Filipinos, mm. they are Indians, they are also Chinese, uh, mixed Chinese Malay. And mm. uh, we, we've also managed to get, uh, in, in some cases, uh, other nationalities. Like uh, we have, we had a Spanish brother join us. Uh, oh, you know, oh. A few times. yeah. And uh, yeah, be, beyond that, in, in SME itself, it's quite, uh, you know, the usual demographic. Most Muslims are Malays, and uh, mm-hmm. there are some Indian Muslims as well. Mm. That's mm. actually really interesting, cause like. I mean, both of these demographics are completely different. And I guess something that we're curious about um, and for the listeners um, also is, uh, did you personally feel like, you know, as yourself, as Siddiq, that you had to like negotiate your identity or maybe recraft your identity based on whom you're interacting with, be it in school or in Darul Arkham? Yeah, especially being uh, maybe Chinese Muslim, did you feel like, you know, sometimes you had to yeah, negotiate your way? Um, I think like... Uh, when someone decides to consciously take a step towards their faith, be it like as a convert myself or as born Muslims who decide to, you know, let's take a bigger role in my faith. I want to be a more, I want to be more in touch with my religion. Uh, the, I mean, certainly there are some changes in your life that uh, would in the, inevitably affect your social circle. Uh, for mm-hmm. myself, uh, when, I, I mean, for myself, it was quite obvious because it was like, uh, I had to take my declaration of faith right but when that happened I realized that a lot of things that I used to do with my friends in the past like uh, we would go to clubs or we would go to drinking and, and normally at night you don't really have many halal establishments open Yeah. so I lose a lot of opportunities to interact with my then friends mm. so you know uh, at that moment when you take your sh- for myself when I take my shahada immediately my social circle changed to mm. you know um, from a more uh, my, my JC kind of friends where we, we mm-hmm. hang out in, in uh, at, at non halal establishments to, to kind of like uh, I had to find new friends lah, basically mm. and even in university I also felt the, the pinch actually because mm. uh, as we all know there are a few, a few types of orientation camps in university right yeah. so yeah. the main one was my business faculty they call it Bondu so that's mm-hmm. all mixed and, and all Muslims or non-Muslims you mix it up lah. and uh, I think we all face a choice of, of like choosing our friends also in university. So I was I was thinking, should I, you know, uh, stick with this group of friends and, and will I, you know, go long term with them because uh, I, I might not be able to partake in the activities that they yeah. are doing. Mm. And, and I was also struggled between, and if I don't stick with this group of friends now, do I, you know, am I able to find friends in the Muslim community in mm. SMU? Mm. So I think that was my struggle. Um, and and I, I'm 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 quite blessed that I've, I think uh, having being a convert is a very uh, very very blessed uh, title I would say because mm. we are extremely fortunate to be embraced by the community um, mm. you know uh, more often than not la. and uh, in that aspect I, I was I was very very fortunate but mm. if you're asking about me having different personas uh, in, yeah. in different I think yeah. for myself. Now that my social circle is more consistent after mm-hmm. a few years of being a Muslim and also one year being in university, um, I think my bigger switch happens at home because oh. I'm, yeah, I, I usually have to balance between um, my phrasing and also yeah. uh, my practices uh, that, that might not seem reasonable to um, people who are not of my faith mm. uh, compared to my friends uh, because I don't have to explain to my friends what I'm mm. doing sometimes. Mm. So I, I change a lot at home. I, of course, my language change. I speak Chinese at home, yeah. uh, mainly Chinese. And also, uh, I have to be sensitive to their practice. Like they're still eating pork, so I can't, you know, mm-hmm. say, oh, okay, you can't eat pork. I have to be very subtle in my my mm-hmm. my. I guess 
my denial of of their practices lah. Ah, understand. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting because like in this conversation, there are two elements, which is religion, um, obviously, and also race. Because you know, um, maybe compared to the majority who are Malays, like you said in SMU, like you do have your own racial identity. So, I mean, I guess to dig a little deeper. Um, would you say that any of your experiences, for example, in SMU or in um, Yoda itself, um, kind of highlighted to you your race uh, on top of your religion? Or did you feel like, you know, once you kind of integrated with this Muslim community, it was the same? Yeah, because I mean, for us as Malays, it's something that we're very familiar with. But for mm-hmm. you, like it's slightly different. So yeah, that's something that's um, interesting to explore. Um, I, I think that Uh, university has been a huge help in scoping my thoughts on this matter. Uh, I'm not too sure about the the core modules that uh, other university students will have to take, but mm-hmm. in SMU we have to take this uh, module called uh, I think big questions okay. where, where okay. they 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 pit different big ideologies against each other, like happiness versus suffering. Okay. Uh, yeah, social versus versus uh, economics. You know, and okay. they and they ask very important questions like what what is happiness to you. Sounds very philosophical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's a core module. So every SMU student, okay. regardless of accountancy or business, we have to take it. Mm-hmm. I think it's because they have identified it to be quite re- relevant in our current, you know, con- uh, global context also. Mm-hmm. But that, uh, modules like that really helped me to shape my thoughts. Uh. So I had one mm-hmm. uh, essay, actually it was my finest question. I was bombarded when I first received it. It was, what, what was home to you? Okay. okay. So uh, in, in writing the essay itself, I, I, I realized that to to a certain person there are different types of homes so for me uh, i i i am you know inevitably my my demographic as we have mentioned i'm chinese right so mm. uh I, i by race i'm chinese but of course you know by faith i identify myself as a muslim so my mm. home will be with the muslims regardless of uh, which race or, mm. or where they are you know mm. and i i realize also like in my conversion journey it's, it's never about assimilating into the malay community and and and, and yeah. you know uh, you know f- Uh, indulging ourselves in in the culture itself, but also mm. trying to uh, put in some of our Chinese identity, because mm. right now we're in Singapore, um, Malays are the majority, right? But if yeah. I, if we're going to China, there is a Chinese Muslim culture there, which is mm. very dominant yeah, because most true. Muslims there are Chinese, mm. and uh, I, you know I think navigating that space has been quite fun, but also challenging at times, uh, because mm. for that to happen, you have to have some knowledge also. So mm. finding yeah. knowledge and and knowing more Chinese Muslims really help also, lah. Mm. Do you do you find it hard to to okay like what you say? It's not about assimilating, but about uh making yourself known. Not making yourself known, as in embracing your identity as a Chinese Muslim. But do you find it hard since a lot of the events, a lot of the topics, or a lot of the uh, things that we talk about in Singapore Muslim context is usually very Malay focused? Uh, I don't know. I think at least fifty percent of the Islamic events I'm not able to attend because I don't understand Malay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I, I think quite fortunately we're in Singapore, so we have abundance mm. of English events also. Mm. Uh, so I, I think it, it's it's like a bittersweet thing. Uh, mm. I don't really feel the bitter, but I, I know that it's there. <laughs> mm. um, when it comes to events, I I I mean social events definitely. Sometimes when my friends inevitably they switch to speaking Malay, I can yeah. get out some words, you know. Yeah. But I, I'm not able to make out the direction of the conversation sometimes. So mm. I just sit there and smile. But <laughs> I think the beauty of the Malay community is that when, when they know that there's a, a convert there, mm. regardless of whichever race you are, right, they will make it effort to speak English. And mm. if they forget, they will consciously you know, switch back when they remember as well. So mm. I think it was n- never really the case where I felt like I was you know, uh, either single out or felt the um, challenge to fit in to people yeah. who really 
cared about my well-being like I I I guess. Mm. Mm. This is very yeah. interesting because Hakim, if you remember, like our previous episode, who yeah. featured, uh, which featured um, Nusrat, who is a Bengali um, Muslim, also shared like something along the same sentiments, which is like you know when she is in a group of friends who, for example, maybe speak Malay or code switch and stuff like that. You know, I think for us, our assumption is that they would immediately feel excluded or mm-hmm. like um, what's the word um, uh, shut shut out of the conversation once people speak mm-hmm. Malay but surprisingly Nusrat did share that like you know once she's in that circle she actually feels quite comfortable because she knows these people and like these are her friends so mm-hmm. I think for me that's something very surprising because I feel like you know as much as we try to welcome uh, converts or people of different races actually I feel like on the flip side you guys are more welcoming and more accepting of us so that's yeah. really interesting for me yeah, that's a perspective that I didn't really have before this so, something yeah. that I realized about the Malay language is like Malay language is like a mood so like sometimes <laughs> when I don't understand what you guys are saying uh-huh. I can still make out you know kind of what you guys are saying with your expressions <laughs> and everything so I, I think when even in these circles when they start speaking Malay it's also like an mm. indication of how comfortable you guys mm. feel around each other yeah. mm. so yeah. I, I also feel at ease and I also pick up Malay on the go so so uh, I think year after year I, I start to realize that I'm able to speak more Malay as well mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess for a lot of uh, I think if you go to okay so say for example I guess a lot of a, a thought that a lot of people, a lot of Malays maybe have on their mind for example if you were to attend anyway say for example you are you're a Chinese Muslim and then you mm-hmm. you people do not know that you're a Chinese Muslim right so mm. for from the get-go like, because they don't know like because it's a religion so from their from your race they know that you're a Chinese but then for example you come to the mosque and has anybody ever asked you like oh what is this Chinese doing here like that kind of thing I mean definitely for Malays I guess that that has been possibly a thought in our minds but uh, but usually we don't say it like <laughs> hopefully not. Mm-mm. But yeah, have, has that ever occurred to you? Uh yes, yes. I, I think every convert they they there have been instances where you know <laughs> they, they have their weirdest or most unexpected uh, situations. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, some coming from Malays, non Muslims uh-huh. and also from non Muslims themselves. Mm. So I think mm. interestingly, just to share on our podcast, we've had an episode called uh Chit Chat and Bandung because you know oh. in, 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 you know for English people they chit chat over tea, right? So for, mm. for Muslims I was thinking Bandung la, so you know that's our <laughs> go to do. Yeah. So, that's so cute. <laughs> something like what we're doing here. Yeah. Uh, so we were chit chatting about the most unexpected situations converts mm. faced yeah. and we've yeah. got a few races to come in uh. so I can share some of the experiences okay uh, let's hear it I'm so excited yeah. <laughs> so for myself personally the most unexpected uh, situation was actually after Friday prayers at the mosque I was just sitting down at some time using my phone and reading some stuff and one, one uncle came to me at the mosque and the first question he asked me was, uh, was that am I circumcised so oh, I was like, okay, blown wow. away. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and I was just thinking, uh, I, I, I wasn't sure what it was relevant or not. So I asked him why. <laughs> he said, oh, you know, if you're not circumcised, you can't pray in the first row in the mosque. Oh. So at the time, as a convert, I think it was a younger convert and I was mm. very scared because does that mean that all my prayers in the mosque if I'm Invalid, in the yeah. front row is, mm. you know, they are not valid anymore. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, at the point, I was, I was very shook. Mm. So uh, I guess, then after that, I went to ask my friends and, and, and they, they also shared some opinions because for converts and, and uh, you know, the first thing on their mind when they convert is not, you know, to take their circumcision. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Friends who take a few years to do it because it's a yeah. you know change in their lives and you know I, we, we were all thinking also we, we lamented on the fact that uh, perhaps you know if even for born Muslims they have already done their circumcision if you were to give them the choice and, and say okay if you could go through it again would you I think they would take some time <laughs> to also you know yeah. Yeah, 
make that decision. So for me, that was that. Uh, it was like, whoa, I didn't know this was happening, you know. Yeah. Uh, and from from non-Muslim side, it was actually one of my friends where I think uh, all Muslims in, in university or anywhere, we, we, we feel this kind of uh-huh. like first problem la. Mm. we are offered a hello panda uh, food packet and we are not sure whether it's halal or not so we try mm. to you know subtly look around <laughs> at, the, at the packaging and check the ingredients <laughs> to look at the emulsifiers <laughs> and stuff right and, and without sometimes around bomb Muslims you understand we all do it together yeah, yeah. Yeah. we are not Muslim friends then we just try to you know like sneak it in <laughs> subtly right so my friend noticed and then she she actually like, she, she was not Muslim mm. so she indicated to me that you know if you just took, uh, converted back you know you won't have to find out about these kind of things anymore in mm. a very suggestive manner yeah. So, yeah at the point of time I didn't I, I, I honestly that was like I think the, the one of the few moments I was very dumbfounded by, mm. by how to react I didn't know mm. whether to get angry or, or you know to just laugh it off and mm. I, I think possibly she had the con- misconception that we are we are eating halal food because we are forced to or we, we, mm. we you know uh, our families force us to or if we don't we'll be punished or whatever but I mm. think you know although yes it's obligatory for us to eat halal food but a lot of us enjoy eating it as well because mm. we, we know of the benefits and why we do it mm. so uh, at that point of time you know I think even if you put me back in the situation now I wouldn't have mm. known how to react so at that point of time I just mm. laughed and I just said yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but myself personally Mm, I have a question actually, like listening to your stories, like, you know, um, I guess like you mentioned, uh, sometimes the way you react to things will be different if you're interacting with a Muslim versus maybe like someone who is not. So Mm. in these instances, right, like I'm just really curious, like how is your thought process? Like, for example, like, you know, when something happens, you feel a certain emotion, for example, anger or confusion, but then like you also then have to process that, okay, I'm talking to for example, a non-Muslim, I'm talking to actually my friend whom I've known for a while, but you know, mm. she doesn't share the same religion as me. So like, you know, in your head, do you go through the steps of like, okay, I feel this emotion, but I have to, you know, think properly and censor my thoughts and my words and then interact properly. Or like, sometimes do you just like say whatever is on your mind or like, yeah, how does the thought process go? Because I'm sure you have to go through like a lot of like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. okay, I feel this, but okay, I cannot say this, but then like, you know, yeah. So I'm really curious about that. I think a lot of instances when I'm with, oh sorry, I think a lot of instances when I'm around um, non-Muslims or even my family, uh, sometimes they speak about things where we, we, in our religion, we know that it's either false or we do not believe in it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, yeah, I do feel the urge to, you know, um, you know, speak out against it also. And uh, even situations where my, my family has asked me for, because we in Chinese, we like to have auspicious numbers and dates. Mm, yeah. Even for my conversion date itself, I was finding an auspicious date because <laughs> I was becoming a Muslim, but I was still finding an auspicious date to take my shahada, you know. Mm. You know 365 days in a year, I just have to choose one. It took like one month to think of it. <laughs> so so like, you have this superstition with numbers. So even mm. right now, my family asked me, uh, they, they were periodically asked, you know, what number should we buy in 4D and Toto? Mm. Yeah, so I, I, I wouldn't, Honestly, I don't know how to react to it. But sometimes I feel, you know, uh, also a little bit irritated because you know you know that I'm Muslim. You know that I don't gamble. Mm. You know that uh, in our religion, we don't condone it. We think it's bad. But still, of course, uh, of course, uh, you don't force me to, but you ask me to partake in it by giving you some mm. numbers. So uh, I, I have the urge to say that also. But you no, know, sometimes I just, uh, I try my best to just, okay, uh, maybe uh, later on I will tell you or or just, you know, just find any four numbers and just take it as if that, those are my numbers. Mm. So, I think the, the big part of this is that uh, e- even for Muslims, b- between Muslims, especially, you know, we're in 
uh, some leadership clubs in, in our university and mm-hmm. uh, there's, we are handling some collaborations and sometimes uh, between clubs also there are some conflicts. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest uh, source of reference that we should have is also like our religious knowledge. So mm. I, I, I think I've been very blessed to be taught by some very, very good teachers mm. who have taught uh, things things like mannerism, how we should treat mm. uh, Muslims and non-Muslims. So even within Muslims, we have to treat ourselves with utmost respect. Lah. And yes. when we talk about non-Muslims, it just makes another dimension of trying to be sensitive to their to their culture. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think it's, 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 I think it's very intricate, but it's also um, yeah. um, two, two system kind of process. Firstly, okay, am I being respectful? Mm. And secondly, uh, am I being sensitive to what their situations are? Because I I, I do know uh, sometimes this this is like a first world problem of mine lah. It's uh, <laughs> you know uh, itching at, at itching at the back of my mind. Uh, every time I come back from the mosque, my grandma will ask me if they have served me curry. So okay. uh, the first time is it seems kind of natural because I think a lot of Muslims eat curry and we enjoy yeah. eating it. Okay. But the second time I come in, she asks the same thing. And the third time I come in, she asks the same thing. And every time I come out from the mall, she asks me, do they serve you curry? Do you eat curry at the mall? <laughs> so, so, so I just keep thinking, you know, like, we don't only eat curry. We eat biryani and yeah. we eat nasi goreng and everything. And then after that, there was one time I told her that, I, I told her that, you know, it's not just, you know, curry at the mall. There are mm. many other dishes. So, but then she, then you know what she told me? She told me, um, all these other dishes also have curry, right? Biryani also have curry. Uh, Prata also mm. have curry. So I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's how they view, like, uh, Muslim food, right? Mm. Uh, even Prata, we eat Prata a lot. We have there's curry and everything. Yeah. So I was thinking, yeah, actually, when it comes to that, uh, I I have to, you know, sometimes take myself out of the Muslim perspective and see mm. from the non-Muslim side. Yeah. And after that, I, I start to realize, yeah, actually, there are a lot of things that from when we read from us, and I I think I have the mm. privilege of also seeing from both sides also since yeah. I was a non-Muslim mm. before. Yeah, it, it, it helped me a lot, lah. With 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 trying to be tactful mm. with with uh know with Muslims mm. and also with non-Muslims as well. Mm. Continuing from there, maybe maybe you can share with us what do you think like like more born Muslims like like me and Uha can learn from that. Like how do we achieve that perspective so that we can able to understand non-Muslims better? Uh okay for start for start mm. uh, don't don't when you see someone at the mosque don't ask them if they have circumcised. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm not okay. gonna be able to answer the okay. question on the spot. Gonna write that down. Lesson number one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think uh, you know Islam is so beautiful, uh, mm. and and it teaches us so many uh, you know everything actually. And the the first thing it teaches us is that when we are not able to find the sensitivities of others, right? We go to a general perspective. Mm. Yeah. So uh, a lot of times in other countries. Uh, when you when when you meet Muslims to Muslims, right, or even Muslims to Muslims, the first question they ask you is, "Have you eaten? Mm. You know, have you drank? Are you comfortable?" So mm. I think for a start, it's it's always very very nice to if you want to navigate, um, you know, this this uh with a convert, right? Uh, it's always nice to just ask them very general questions. Mm. Have you eaten? Are you, are you okay? Do you feel comfortable? Do you have any questions? Mm. And then I think between Muslims, something very sincere that I enjoy being asked also is is uh I mean regardless Muslim uh converts or born Muslims is that uh, how, how are my prayers how are your prayers you know are you okay uh, I, I, I guess I mean in our current uh, society is we have to have a certain kind of like closeness to ask that you know someone's gonna find yeah, you weird right yeah, yeah. yeah definitely <laughs> definitely uh, but okay I can tell you a few frequently asked questions lah Okay. Uh, uh, from a convert. So uh, the first is always, uh, how, uh, why do you take your shahada? Why do you convert? Mm. Uh, mm. How did you, how was your family's reaction to it? Mm. Uh, and 
I, I guess also uh, top few. So have you eaten? Have you drank? <laughs> and also, uh, where, where are you studying now? I think these questions are quite general. And then once you know them better, mm-hmm. then uh, I, I think it's the, the next step is to see like where they are in their conversion life because there are converts who are converts for 27 years. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. only the f- the one or two years in uh, recently, they have started to take Islam seriously also. Ah, so okay, okay. Uh, everyone's journey is different. Yeah, yeah, and and mm. uh, it's it's okay for converts to come into Islam, uh, because of marriage. Uh, contrary mm. to the popular belief that that uh, converts should come to Islam just for Islam itself, and I think mm. that leads to some, uh, stigma that we look down at people who seem to come to Islam for marriage. Yeah, I think I most importantly is someone is in Islam. And then you can come to Islam because of a partner or anything. It's fine because they are also da'is and they are on a yeah, process of learning Islam. But you must always know that we, mu- we should stay in Islam in actually any other religion because of the religion itself. Mm. You know? mm. So once we know more about these people, then we can actually start to realize, okay, right now this is their stage. They might not have learned a certain you know, kind of knowledge that be quite fundamental. Then mm. you just speak to them on, on like their, kind of their, their level. Uh. And then I think that will make a very, very like substantial conversation. Wow. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of things that we can learn just from your stories alone. So, yeah. you know, like thinking about this, like this is just one conversation with like Siddiq. I wonder like what your everyday life is like, you know, like interacting with countless people from different backgrounds. So, yeah, I'm glad we got a snippet into um, your perspective uh, every day. So, um, I guess like, you know, after listening to your interactions with, you know, your fellow friends, your family, Muslims and non-Muslims alike, like, you know, if there's one thing that, I guess, you know, since you've experienced this for a while, like if there's one thing, one message that you'd like to share um, with people, regardless if they're Muslims or not, um, with regards to your experience being a Muslim, what would it be? Um, okay, uh, can I ask if it's like regarding to faith or like university life or, you know, <laughs> what, what kind of aspect? Anything, anything right? Um, <laughs> I think actually anything, but maybe something that you've learned, like an important lesson that, you know, means a lot to you. Um, you know, growing up and facing all these experiences that mm. you have had. Yeah, it can really be anything if there's one thing that you want people to know. So the idea is that, you know, you have this, we have this platform, so you can say whatever you want. <laughs> I see. Okay, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to say it. Uh, I think if I am to give uh, advice from my personal experiences, uh, I, I would say, you know, uh, I, I, grew the, I grew most as a person when I've, firstly had a mentor in you know in, in the things that I was doing in life so mm. I'm not just a academic mentor but but rather uh, people who are interested in your growth as a person mm. uh, your character growth and that has also led me to uh, my, my, my second part of my advice is to take the time to sit down and re- re- uh, reflect on yourself so I, I think I grew most also when I sit down and I think okay what did I do correct today mm. uh, what, what did I want to improve on today and more importantly what am I grateful for today so because for Muslims, we all know in, in, in our religious uh, sacred book, uh, Allah says, if, if we are grateful, he will increase us. So that is one very uh, mm-hmm. important benefit of being grateful. Uh, and I, I think in the period where I spent most time reflecting was when I knew myself, which was my biggest strength and what I wanted to do as a person. Mm. So, uh, you know, couple that with someone who is guiding you, uh, either through a, a teacher of a class that you're attending with in whichever religions you're in uh, I think uh, that would do most uh, especially when we're in university uh, we, we, want to know, we need to know what we want to do if not we're just going to be floating yeah. around for the next four years <laughs> yeah, and definitely. after the four years we still have no idea what we want to do yeah. we, just, we just have a bachelor that's all mm. so 
uh, I think we've, we've, in four years, it's, it's a good time to, to, to sit down and, and reflect and think, okay, moving forward, do I really want to pursue a career in, in beach sector? Mm. Or, or, you know, uh, is, is this, you know, studying, working out for me? Or am I happiest am I around a certain group of people? Am I happiest when I'm with people who club? Or am I happiest oh. with people who are more, you know, in, in I guess in our current uh, language, more wholesome? Mm. Uh, you know, and do uh, more things in the daylight like, more than, you know, being nocturnal and stuff. So mm. I think when you find out more about yourself, you become a much happier person. And I, I, I did, uh, speaking from my own experiences. Mm. Wow, mashallah. I think... Uh, Yes, self-reflection, that's something that is really, really, really important. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I guess like here at Reframe.fm, that's also one of the aims and objectives that we have, you know, like by talking about issues, by talking about experiences that we have. Hopefully, you know, with this intention, we can reflect on ourselves and see how we can be better versions of ourselves as Muslims and as human beings. Yeah, thank you so much, Siddiq. <laughs> Hakim, guys. do you have anything to add on? Uh, no, so before we end, uh, maybe we, I, I, I want to ask Siddiq, uh, do you want to give any shout out to anybody or any, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> to about your podcast or anything like that? Uh I think first shout out will be to everyone there at the Converts Association. You've made it a home for, for myself and many other converts. And I think uh, even some of the converts in NUS also, uh, mm. we've got the privilege to, to know a few. And uh, I think they are really doing a good job there. And for anyone who needs, uh, you know, religious really help, you know, if not, not finding your way properly in faith, uh, you know, uh, Kam is the place to go, like, even if you're born Muslim. So, mm-hmm. you know, struggling there, I think it's a good place to start. And there are free classes there as well. Every night, I think from Monday to Sunday, uh, they yeah. have free classes there. Okay. Uh, for, for my podcast, yeah, I mean, if you guys are interested <laughs> to listening to more of my, you know, my, my musings and, and I guess <laughs> some of my, more of my nonsensical stories, uh, please uh, feel free to head on to Convert Central. And uh, I think we have an Instagram page as well. We do have an Instagram page as well in, if the same name. And uh, yeah, I, I, we are doing Convert Stories and I think it was, it's very beneficial also because it's awareness for, for Bomb Muslims mm. to know that uh, I, I think in the near future, we, we are, we are going to be facing a situation where we are either going to be married to a, a convert or mm. we, are, we are going to, you know, uh, our, children are, uh, our children are going to be married to converts or we are mm. going to be praying or, or working just beside converts because yeah. Islam mm. is the, you know, uh, most, the fastest growing religion as well. So I think it's, it's becoming a very bigger, bigger need to know about stories mm-hmm. of converts. Yeah. Mm. All right, thank you so much, uh, Siddiq, for sharing with us your experiences as a Chinese Muslim. It was very eye-opening and also uh, for all the amazing amazing pointers that we can think about, uh, even especially so for Malay Muslims or born Muslims. Mm. Yeah, so I think we've learned a lot from uh, this session and Alhamdulillah, uh, I guess we can. there are so many takeaways that everybody can also uh, think about uh, on their own free time and inshallah we will be able to learn a thing or two from this episode inshallah so uh, once again thank you so much to Siddiq for joining us on reframe.fm it has been an amazing uh, episode (laughs) alhamdulillah I think wholesome uh, wholesome is a great episode (laughs) thanks guys thank you for having me on I really really enjoyed this episode also no problem (laughs) okay so with that uh, we would like to say thank you so much for listening to reframe.fm and like what uh, what Siddiq said just now uh, just drop by uh, at Convert Central uh, to listen to his podcast inshallah so uh, once again uh, stay tuned to our next episode uh, next week inshallah uh, if everything goes smoothly <laughs> so <laughs> goodbye see you guys next time bye, bye. see you say bye <laughs> bye